All right. Let's take a nice deep breath in through the nose. And out through the nose. Welcome to the Peak Flow Podcast, where we optimize human potential, one breath at a time. I am the Peak Flow co-founder, Dr. Rob Williams. So great to be with you. And in studio today, none other than the irrepressible Quint Finney of 1% for the planet and a passionate breath seeker. Welcome, Quint. Thanks, Dr. Dub. <laughs> so good to have you here. Great to be here. This is so spontaneous. Yeah. That we're doing this. It's all come together. It is. And we should say we're in the hula space in the new, I don't want to call it a mobile podcast studio, but it's a, it, it feels kind of mobile, of syntax and motion. So special shout out and thanks to John and Will for hosting us. And uh, we're pioneering. We're piloting. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, Quint, um, before we get into your breath journey, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. What brings you uh, to Hula, and from where do you come? Well, um, let's see. Big influence from the from the guy I'm sitting right across from here, Dr. Dub, for uh, getting me in this spot. Um, mm. He was my professor as I was a student at University of Vermont here in Burlington, where Hula is located. His wife is the CEO of the organization I currently work for, 1% for the Planet. I love and them. so I've, they're pretty fantastic, <laughs> huh? I've been with them for about a year and a half now between internship and now working full-time role. It's been that long? Yeah. That's it's awesome. It's been about that uh, 16 months. Yeah, almost, mm. almost a year and a half. Nice. Um, so that brought me to here, to Hula. Dr. Dobb, of course, just coming in today and he's saying, hey, Quint, you want to do a podcast? Of course, I couldn't turn that down. So here we are. I loved how you, without hesitation, Quint said, yes. Sure. Of course. Why not? Yeah. Most people, when they hear they're going to be recorded, they get all nervous, right? They start immediately. We fall into this shallow breathwork pattern. We get all self-conscious, which is, you know, sort of a natural human tendency. But to your credit, there was no hesitation. I wouldn't say so. I love it. Will you remind us what you're up to at One Percent for the Planet? What's your What's your gig there? Yeah. So I uh, I specifically work with our small businesses in Europe and the UK to help facilitate their environmental philanthropy and just overall engage them with our network. I just came back from London a couple of days ago where I was there with uh, Rob's wife um, as well as a few other staff just uh, you know, getting to know the network over in the UK, the Brits and the Scots, and it was, it was a great time. Is it true what I've heard through the grapevine, Quince, that you took London by storm? You know, I won't confirm or deny those <laughs> allegations. <laughs> it reminds me of that old... Um, uh, that old song, Werewolves of London, um, mm. which on the very rare occasions when I wander through London, I that song just jumps into my head. Ooh. It's funny you say that Werewolves because of all I could think of was that movie, American Werewolf in yes. London. And, and that, I'm like, I am that American Werewolf yes, in London. That movie is awesome. Oh, it's the best. Like that is one of the best horror slash comedies. I yeah. Like, how do you describe that movie? I don't know. Yeah. Horror comedy. It's like, like horror comedy, right? Yeah, I think that nails it. Like one minute you're laughing uproariously and then you're terrified. And you're like, what the yeah. hell is going on? And one moment there are these beautiful humans having sex in the shower yeah. and then the next they're like ripping each other's throats out. It's like, fantastic. Ah. It was Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon who um, gave us that song, I think. Werewolves of London. It's a good one. So, um, so you, God, that's amazing that you were in the UK uh, and, and could you just remind us, um, in a nutshell, 
what is the mission of 1% for the planet? Yeah, so 1% for the planet, essentially what we do is we help get uh, businesses to commit 1% of their revenue or turnover towards environmental philanthropy. So we're a third-party certification, kind of like Fair Trade or um, like Hopping Bunny who does cruelty-free or B Corp. So we certify them each year in facilitating their giving and in facilitating the donations they make to environmental partners that we've vetted and we ensure actually make effective impact in the uh, environmental field. And we're talking about thousands of for-profits donating 1% of their annual revenue, right? Yeah. We facilitate, you know, dozens of millions in giving um, each year. That's amazing. Yeah. And and then there's thousands of environmental nonprofits around the world who are receiving this money as it's passed through 1%. So we don't touch any money. We just facilitate that the, you know, facilitate might not even be the right word. We more certify Mm -hmm. that the businesses actually give that money and they prove to us that they've given their, their 1% of turnover or Mm -hmm. revenue. And we say, you know what, you did it. And here's our, here's our stamp of approval. Use our logo, put it all over your website on your products and uh, let people know that you're doing good. Mm. I love that. And this isn't just an idle exercise exploring 1% for the planet, because I'm pleased to say that Peak Flow, as of several months ago, is now a 1% for the planet partner, our fledgling breath training company startup. So we're excited about that. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Yes, our um, our founding CEO, Lindsay Trubia, is a huge uh, 1% for the planet aficionado. And uh, so we are... Uh, incredibly excited to grow our business and thus help out 1% for the planet. Well, let's shift gears. Uh, so how did you find your way to the power of the breath, Quint? Okay, so where would I start? I'd say I'd probably initially start with just like practicing meditation. I had this internship when I was maybe 19. It was an internship with a PR firm in Boston, and I, I truly... I truly hated that internship. <laughs> and so I would take the longest lunch breaks of anyone there. And I'd go out and I'd sit in the park and I'd teach myself how to meditate. And obviously meditation, you know, breath work is absolutely essential. So I started to hone in the breath work, started to hone it in, you know, somewhat in my daily life. I stayed pretty consistent with that and I still do. I, I do, you know, a short kind of breath work, yoga, meditation every morning. But when it comes to, you know, some of the more... Um, like holotropic breathing, that's the right word for it. I started to get into that a little more recently, and that was, you know, you know, less than two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I started to develop some pretty bad chronic pain, which still don't know the source. I just know that it damn hurts, and I was exploring ways that maybe I'd be able to overcome it or at least learn to manage it, and I eventually found my way to Wim Hof, which I'd, I'd heard about before and been super interested before, but... This is the first time I was going to really commit myself to a disciplined practice with it. And so I started doing every day the um, cold immersion just in the form of cold showers and the full breathwork cycle every day. was doing that daily. And, you know, while it didn't cure my ailments or my pain, it, it definitely put my, my head in a mind state that allowed me to really, like, gain a perspective and kind of gain mental, like strength that allowed me to kind of persevere and allowed me to overcome kind of the more mental depressions that were coming about from from my chronic pain. So overcoming that was huge and I haven't been back in that place mentally in a 
in a long time. And I can definitely directly credit the Wim Hof method with getting me through that state of mind. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a journey you've been on. Uh, let's go back and maybe unpack that a little bit. So first of all, you're meditating in Boston at a job you hate. Sorry, an internship. Yep. That you hate. So uh, t- tell us about how you approached that meditation. Did you have an app? Did you use a timer? Did, um, how, did, how did you bring the breath into play? So whew, I did have an app. I want to say it was called Waking Up. Um, Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Yeah. Yes. That's the app I used. Oh, okay. Um, I used that intermittent with some just YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah. You know, I still wasn't really making any money, so I didn't want to pay for Sam Harris's full length. Yeah. Sam kind of threw the class. switch. Yeah. He threw yeah. the switch on the, on the pay to play option uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. And yeah. yeah. And so I just mixed in with like YouTube videos, just going through like guided breath work, like as deep as I could. Mm. Sometimes I'd, I'd start to, you know, get it close enough where it's okay. I'm just going to listen to some music and really yeah. focus on my breath itself. But basically using digital mediums to kind of hone in my breath work and kind of learn the more idyllic um, resonances to have between, you know, inhales and exhales. Mm, that's amazing. Wow. So you were really kind of playful in your approach. Yeah. I was kind of taking it from a few different angles while reading books at the same time. I love that. I, I think if Wim Hof has taught Team Human anything, it is each of us has the potential to use our body as a lab. Yeah, totally. And, uh, so, yeah. So to go into an experience like that, Quint, with beginner's mind, kind of playing in the Buddhist sandbox and trying out different things. Good for you. We have a, we have a breath uh, mentor, Lindsay and I, uh, and many are, many are familiar in the breath training world with an Irishman. You were just over there. An Irishman named Patrick McCohen. He lives in Galway, Ireland, and he uh, now helps run the International Buteco Method Network, and he pioneered, he invented the Oxygen Advantage for fitness and sport breathwork program, which athletes all over the world, including our most elite athletes, many of them use to optimize their respiratory training. And he has this great saying about meditation and the breath. And he's got this great Irish accent. So I've talked with him about this. He says, Robbie, Robbie, there can be no meditation, Robbie, without breathing. There can be no mindfulness, Rob." without an awareness of the breath. So, Rob, if you're going to teach meditation, teach them how to breathe first. Teach them how to be conscious, to breathe light, Rob, to breathe slow, and to breathe deep. Love that. <laughs> yes, Patrick. Just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, any, anything you say. <laughs> anything you say. And he's absolutely right, I think. There's this mistaken assumption, I think, in the culture that we can just sit down and meditate and somehow shut off the monkey mind right? That chattering, uh, the thinking brain that just will not leave us alone, right? Day or night. And I think what I learned from Patrick and other mentors in my own journey is that the breath serves as a portal through which we can enter into mindfulness and meditation. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And I, I didn't really fully appreciate that until a few years ago. Um, so um, I wanted to ask you, back to your story, um, so this pain that you have, I, I, it's, it's hard to talk about our pain, but if you don't mind, 
Um, did it come on suddenly? Did it, was it a gradual phenomenon? Was it? It was a it was a gradual phenomenon mm. that really like hit its. I was hitting my breaking point at least yeah. with it at one point about a year and a half ago, and so I was like. So after you graduated? Uh, no, this was prior to graduation. This is the summer before my senior year. Okay. So. So yeah. twenty. This would be twenty twenty two uh twenty one yeah twenty twenty one. Yeah, because now we're in the fall of 2022. Yeah. So, yeah, so a year, almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. So it came on gradually. It came on gradually over the course of, like, a year and a half prior to that. Uh. So, like, throughout my time in college. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of doctors, a lot of physical therapists. Mm. I have found almost absolutely zero success mm. um, with, you know, traditional kind of Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I basically was just looking for anything at that point. And I was familiar with Wim Hof. I'd, I maybe done the Wim Hof practice a few times here and there. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, maybe this this could be a route for me. And I was in a terrible mental state, too. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. had this big road trip that was, you know, incredibly fun, but still, like, incredibly painful. And I came back from that, and I said, I, I need to do something different, and I need to find some sort of discipline, and whatever it is, I have to be absolutely disciplined about it to, to know whether it works or not, because... Mm-hmm. You know, I've dipped my toes into some stuff here, into some physical therapies. And um, I read a little bit about some other people's experience with chronic pain and Wim Hof method or different kind of breathing methods. And so I uh, I committed myself to that discipline for, you know, a solid like three to four months. I was doing it daily. Wow. And while it didn't, you know, make my pain necessarily entirely go away, it definitely it yanked me out of a depression. It just it just pulled me straight out of it, which in itself did my mental state wow. changing like that totally affected my my perception of my pain and the way it affected me. That's amazing. So c- can you describe then your kind of daily approach that over time pulled you out? Yeah. So um, it would generally consist of kind of just the basic Wim Hof mm-hmm. principles. Um, I would, depending on kind of how I was feeling, do the breath work before or after a um, cold shower. Usually it would be um, usually be me exercising, either on a run or uh, climbing, and then immediately uh, doing the cold shower and then immediately doing the breath work after that. Oh. But if I wasn't exercising, I would do the breath work first okay. and then the cold shower. Okay. Um, and so just doing that consistently day after day was just definitely having a very noticeable difference on my um, mental state. Yeah. And so w- would you do the breath work mornings, evenings, afternoons? Um, whenever convenient. Okay. You know, I was like, it was a summer. <laughs> I had two jobs. I was running around all the time. So I kind of just had to make it work where I could. Yeah. I wasn't always able to be disciplined about the time of day I was doing it. But I think uh, I think it was definitely still effective. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. At any point in my day. Well, it's interesting. There's a, the, sort of a huge discussion in the, bre- the breath training community about when is the best time of day to breathe? And the answer is whatever feels best for you. Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say at this point in my life, morning routine is, is yeah. ideal. And luckily I'm consistent enough in my schedule where yeah. my breath work and my meditation, my yoga can happen consistently in the mornings. Nice. So are you doing three rounds of the Hoff style breathing, would you say? Yeah, three rounds. Using a, like an app on the... Yeah, I'd, I'd use his app. I'd use... Uh, like a YouTube video. Yeah, I use a YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. I like to have Wim's voice in my ear. 
Yeah, he's it's, great. Yeah. Oh, his Dutch accent yeah. just gets you pumped. Yeah. Lie down, relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. And then and then the shower, so and, and then the cold immersion for you is mostly the cold shower. Yeah, that's all I really had access to. Yeah. You know, of I, was, course. I was doing I'd say probably a bare bones Wim Hof, but even just that was was so effective. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I'm curious how long did it take for you immersing yourself in this protocol before you began to notice a shift, would you say? Well, you definitely notice a shift straight off the bat with the first session you do. You come out of it and you're like, whoa. But for it to be like consistently affecting my day-to-day mindset, Mm, couldn't have been more than three weeks maybe. Okay. And then, you know, that gradually became larger and larger of an influence. And, um, yeah, all I can describe it as like the discipline just like pulled me out of this depression. Yeah, you've used that verb a few times and I'm so curious about that um so the pain you felt was mostly sort of internal like a almost like an existential kind of a thing it was like uh if you've ever had like a a tight knot in your shoulder or something it was like that and not I mean it was it is like that all over my back and shoulders and hips okay yeah and you're not doing any sort of uh movement practice like a yoga or at that time I wasn't Mm -hmm. now I am you are and yeah. is that helping as well? Yeah, that's that's very helpful as well. The breath work with the yoga, I think, is super helpful to really focus on the breath when you're doing yoga. I've taken yoga classes in the past where, you know, breath work's been part of it, but when I do in my own practice, it's it's central to it. Mm. Yeah, and for those of you, you know, we can't see you here in the studio, Quint, but you're a young, fit guy. How old are you, 20? I'm 22. 22, yeah. So it's so interesting to hear you explain this. So you're feeling now... Um, like that pain has been somewhat mitigated. Yeah, it's nice. not. It's not gone. I deal with it every day, but yeah. it's. I'm in a mental place that's like so much more equipped to deal with it. Good. And the beginning of coming into that positive mental space was that Wim Hof practice a little over a year ago. Yeah, it's astonishing. You know, the we track the kind of medical and public health um, research conversation pretty closely at Peak Flow, and uh, you know, concerns about civilizational mental health are like off the charts, um, especially for young people, which I find so curious. Um, so as a, as a champion of team human myself, and I work with a lot of younger humans, I'm, I'm really kind of scratching my head about like what's going on. Yeah. So this is sort of both a cautionary tale, but also I think a bit of a success story perhaps. Um, and you came and did a uh, four hour, Peak Flow Wim Hof Adventure yep. here at the Hula, the Burlington Surf Club. Ah, oh, that was a good time. Yeah, so walk us through that. How was that for you? Oh, it was really, really fantastic. I got to bring one of my uh, close friends, Cole, along with me. And uh, he had always, I mean, we lived together for a while, and all he would hear was me getting into that cold shower, <laughs> breathing super heavily. <laughs> and he'd be like, what the hell is he doing in there? Uh. Um, and so I'm like, dude, like, come, we're going to get instructed by a, a certified instructor, that instructor being you, Rob. Mm. Um, so we came that day, beautiful day on oh, the lake. It was so amazing. Incredible. Yeah. And uh, Rob walked us through the whole process from basically the start of like what mindful breath is, what kind of the ideal breath is, um, how long your inhales and exhales should be, like the kind of more um, foundational scientific proof behind these methods 
and then transitioning into a breathwork session where we all were doing coherent breathing. And that was incredible to experience that next to my friend and next to the other people I just met there. And then um, went into the cold immersion, which was great. I'd never been able to get into like a, uh, like an icy tub like that before. So putting my whole body in there, that was, that was a new experience and that, that felt real. Well, I guess I've done that in, in natural bodies of water, but I hadn't done it, uh, kind of in a more, um, I don't know, how would you call that? It's kind of setting just like, it's kind of, it's kind of both controlled. Yeah. Like a controlled um, setting. Yeah. But also just so beautifully natural Yeah, uh, at the, yeah, the Burlington surf club, the Eastern shore of Lake Champlain on a crisp sunny day is That's the best. pretty hard to beat. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I have, I, I, I'm remembering now, Quint, I have this fantastic photo of you and Cole, both each of you in the ice, like super focused and blissed out. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really powerful, it's a powerful experience. Feels good. It does feel good. Yeah. Well, so looking ahead, um, well, actually first, let me ask you a market research question because here, here we are at Hula. We're all running businesses and nonprofits. Um, as a young um, as a younger member of the Team Human Tribe, Quint, looking to optimize your own health and wellness, which you've been clearly exploring for some time now, what would what would what would be helpful for you um, to continue to do that and deepen that practice moving forward? And this is I'm, I'm this is a bald market research question. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting on my peak flow marketing hat on for a second. Like what would what would be helpful? What would be helpful to me? Um, well, you know, I, I feel like I'm lucky enough that I have access to so many of these resources. I'd say that what would be helpful for the general public is a greater access to resources and to knowledge like this. Um, Mm. you know, obviously with like the digital age, knowledge can be at our fingertips and you can learn a lot about this. You know, I think this should be kind of like, could be like a public service, like, I don't know, something that's like socially funded in order to kind of improve our, like our mental health epidemic that we're going through right now. I couldn't agree more. Can you imagine, Quint, if we used our U.S. tax dollars to fund breath training sessions ah. in public schools? That would undeniably be impactful. That's kind of that's kind of where my mind goes. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, you know we're, the, we're we're still I think the richest, um, most prosperous civilization ever designed by humans, and uh, the data out there uh, with regard to our health and wellness is not super encouraging. No. So no, it seems like that would be a step in the right direction. What do you think about, I'm going to give this away. I think it's okay. Um, what do you think about the idea of a, um, of an app, a lot of apps on the market, but an app that actually brought live humans into your, onto your phone and into your living room for 20 minutes at a time to teach live sessions, or you could access recordings later. Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, I think there's a lot of value in just having like a live experience. Obviously, like an in-person experience, what I would say is the most ideal, but next step down would be like a live digital experience of someone guiding you through this, you know, depending on the level of kind of interactivity you could have with that would definitely be more or less effective. So, you know, I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah, we're using a platform. We're piloting, experimenting with a platform right now. Maybe you know it called Webinar Jam. I've think I vaguely heard of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how new it is. Um, but yeah, Webinar Jam allows a lot of, you know, I guess similar features to your Zooms and your Google Meets and things like that. Um, but yeah, chatting and face-to-face and dialogue. And so, yeah, I've used a lot of the breath training apps, including the Wim Hof app. And while I like them, 
I miss that kind of team human, even virtually that connection with another real human. Yeah, totally. And, and um, so we're, we're just, we're, we're scratching our head and pondering if that's a good idea or not with yeah. our, you know, our, our resources at peak flow. I like the, also the method that the Wim Hof, obviously it's just a different method takes with kind of gamifying it. Um, yes. I think it's pretty interesting. I agree. I agree. How, how does that play out for you? It's not something I've hugely engaged with. I know gamifying is very effective for the yeah. human mind. Yeah. I've never been someone for it. Not against it in any way. It just, for some reason, doesn't, it doesn't really get me going personally. Well, same, same. I, I, I actually feel the same way. Like with my marketing hat on for one more second, I, I see the value of that. Mm-hmm. Badges and competitions and, you know, keeping track of your, um, you know, your evolving uh, breath betterment, I suppose. But yeah, I guess... I, part of me just wants it to be intrinsically valuable for its own sake. Yeah. And, uh, and it is, and it is. Yeah. And everyone is different. So yeah, I've just been thinking about that. Well, one last question about the ice. Um, so you're finding cold showers effective. Totally. Yeah. Um, especially in just like, you know, healing after a workout. Yeah. Like it definitely just has a restorative effect on my physical, on my physiology. Um, on top of my my uh, mentality. Yeah, yeah. We've been um, we've been talking with um, other companies who manufacture, you know, the ice barrel, for example, which yeah. is a really nice, bomb-proof, um, really beautiful American-made product, and um, trying to figure out ways to get more humans into the actual ice. And I I'm I love a good cold shower myself. So, but yeah, I'm curious about that. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, it's been great to be here. Yeah, thanks for sharing all that. Wishing you all the best as you continue your uh, breath training and your ice bathing. And as we like to say in the Wim Hof community, energy flows where focus goes. That's it. Yeah. So wishing you uh, increased energy and focus in the months ahead, Quint. And to you as well, Dr. Deb. Thank you, sir. Thanks for talking with us. Thank you. You bet. You've been listening to Peak Flow Podcast, where we optimize human potential one breath at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Breathe, flow, and be well.